Need an extra hand with dinner? Just ask your connected home device to fill your pasta pot, and Delta Faucet Voice IQ technology will fill it with the perfect amount of water. Visit deltafaucet.com slash voice IQ to discover more. And you're on right now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo Five O Radio Network. Coming to you from the shores of the Indian River and Florida's beautiful Treasure Coast. And bringing you the news behind the news, the story behind the story. Streaming live on iHeartRadio and available as a podcast on iTunes, TuneIn, Spreaker, and Spotify. And you can follow me on Twitter at right now, Jim Dawes. I'd love to hear from listeners. You can shoot me an email. The address is rightnowjimdawes at gmail.com. Or you can call the vent line and leave your rants at 772-245-0750. That number for the vent line is 772-245-0750. Oh, man. So it's expected that this uh, impeachment trial is going to end today, and we're going to be all put out of our misery and stop having to listen to Adam Schiff lie repeatedly, incessantly, day after day. How long has this been going on? It's been going on, I guess, uh, about four months now. And everybody can sort of clear their head. I feel like I've been uh, spending the last four months uh, in the day room of a mental uh, uh, ward. And <laughs> I have spent some time in the day room at a mental ward, not as a... Um, not as a patient, but as a visitor, I'll tell you that story one day uh, related to um, my early years in the fire service. But we've got the Super Bowl uh, to look forward with, and I know uh, longtime listeners are going to say, but Jim, you told us you were boycotting the NFL, and I did boycott the NFL. I didn't watch any NFL games for three years uh, after Kaepernick and the uh, the rest of the social justice warriors uh, disrespected the flag and and the anthem. But uh, this year, I allowed myself to be drawn back in after the college football season ended, uh, and started watching the the playoffs. And I gotta admit, I kind of like the cut of the jib of those uh, Kansas City Chiefs, and uh, and uh, several members of that squad have also made um, uh, America first type statements and expressed support for Trump. And and uh, I've actually got a team now that I can root for, especially when you consider they're going to be playing the uh, San Francisco 49ers, who, uh, you know, is, is sort of like a, a good versus evil uh, heartland versus uh, San Francisco craziness uh, matchup. So uh, I'm going to watch. I'm going to make a big batch of wings and and uh, and sit down and, and enjoy Super Bowl Sunday for the first time since my Atlanta Falcons did what my Atlanta Falcons do and uh, engineered the greatest collapse, Super Bowl collapse in NFL history. So <clears throat> it looks like we are going to be put out of our misery with this impeachment trial 
this evening after uh, there's there's going to be some debate on whether or not to allow witnesses, and then they're going to vote on whether to go ahead and acquit the president, I believe. Actually, yeah, there's going to be a vote on whether to impeach the president, and, and then, no, I had it right the first time. There's going to be a vote on witnesses. That, it looks like, is going to fail, and then they'll, um, they'll vote to, uh, to acquit the president. I think uh, I think the the Democrats' strategy of putting the most dishonest guy in Washington D.C. as the face of their impeachment effort, Adam Schiff, and forcing the senators to sit there and listen to oh what what is it total uh, twenty four plus eight plus eight forty hours of uh, this guy. Uh, lying to them and insulting them and, you know, uh, bringing the toad Jerry Nadler up there to insult them as well and uh, call them traitors and treasonous, I think has worn thin. And I don't think there is the stomach of the from the senators to uh, to carry this on any longer. Adam Schiff told the senators when he opened his case that uh, they had an overwhelming impeachment case. And oh, by the way. We need more witnesses. And Schiff, I mean, his his whole logic was uh, dishonest to begin with. He, w- he was saying that, you know, calling witnesses in the Senate would not drag the trial out for months after he, uh, no, at, at the same time, actually, claiming that uh, if he had to call witnesses in the House, it would take years. <laughs> I mean, there was so much uh, uh, dishonesty from the Democrats in this sham impeachment that it was really breathtaking. But now you've got Chuck Schumer up there admitting that uh, he, he doesn't have the vote for witnesses. We've always known it will be an uphill fight on witnesses and on documents because the president and Mitch McConnell put huge pressure on these folks. But for four weeks, we've made the relentless. We've been I've been every day, I think every single day. I have argued why we need witnesses and documents, and we have won over the American people. And so our Republican colleagues, at least some of them, realize that if they are to reject witnesses and documents, they're going against not just a small group or not just Democrats, but against the whole grain of America. And they know that they may be held accountable to that. So I hope we can get witnesses and documents. It's an uphill fight. Are we li- is it more like than not? Probably no. But is it a decent good chance? Yes. No, it's not a good chance. Mitch McConnell has, uh, has beaten uh, uh, Chuck Schumer once again. Schumer likes to point out that the polls show that, um, you know, the majority of the public wants witnesses. What he's not realizing is that a, a healthy dose of those people that are saying, yes, they want witnesses, they want to hear from Hunter Biden and Joe Biden. And... Um, and Cruz, Senator Cruz, made it quite clear that if we're going to go down this road of witnesses, uh, you know, the Bidens are not going to be off limits. I don't know on Friday if there will be 51 votes to call yet more witnesses, but I'm confident of this. If there are additional witnesses, if the Democrats get their wish to call John Bolton as the 18th witness in this matter, I am confident we're not going to do the kind of one-sided partisan show that the House did. We're going to be fair to both sides, which means if we call John Bolton, 
I promise you we're calling Hunter Biden soon. Well, and not just Hunter Biden, but uh, Rand Paul has made it clear that they're going to uh, take a vote to call Joe Biden as well. And once you open that Pandora's box and uh, start examining the kind of corruption that Joe Biden is engaged in, well, the establishment Democrats can kiss their their uh, their savior and the Democrat primaries goodbye. You know, what, what I've been frustrated by is a lot of people um, and the uh, the White House lawyers keep pointing out that Joe Biden, um, you know, his son was working on this uh, corrupt energy company, Burisma, and just leaving it at that without really driving home exactly what was going on there. This was your classic protection racket. Burisma was paying Hunter Biden and, by extension, Joe Biden for protection. He was in charge of the Ukrainian portfolio and policy there. He was supposed to be the lead guy rooting out corruption for the U.S. government. And Burisma was paying uh, Hunter Biden millions of dollars for protection. And guess what? They got it. They got the protection they were paying for. And this idea that, uh, you know, Joe Biden's out there saying that nobody has ever said I did anything wrong. Oh, yeah. <laughs> A whole lot of people are saying you did something wrong and this uh this new book by peter schweitzer profiles and corruption is really going to be act as a sort of a roadmap to not only joe biden's corruption but bernie sanders as well if he happens to get the nomination so today is the last day of our promotion giving away this free bag of america pride roasters coffee i've got a lot of entries uh, if you haven't sent me your name and email address uh, do that at uh, rightnowjimdaws at gmail.com, or you can hit me up on Twitter at rightnowjimdaws, or leave a voicemail at 772-245-0750, and you'll be entered to win. We will draw uh, a name over the weekend and announce it on Monday's show. And if you don't want to take your chances or wait uh, until then, you can go right on their website, at americaprideroasters.com and uh, go ahead and order a bag for yourself. So the big controversy uh, that's broken out in the of the last couple of days as the, the clock wound down on the question and answer session, <clears throat> the, uh, the level of dishonesty and incoherence from the house managers uh, just got just raised up to a fever pitch. <laughs> a sort of, uh, you know, uh, going down the uh, rabbit hole in Alice in Wonderland. But the the Republicans had uh, Alan Dershowitz up there, and he was trying to make this argument on quid pro quo. It wasn't a terribly complicated argument, but of course Adam Schiff is going to uh, do what Adam Schiff does, and that is mischaracterize somebody's position. And then, uh, you know, uh, set up this straw dog that he can then dishonestly knock down. And the point that Dershowitz was trying to make is that uh, just because something benefits uh, a president politically doesn't mean it is impeachable. Because if a president's doing his job and advancing the national interest, then, of course, it's going to be good for him uh you know, politically as well. But if you have to talk long enough 
and explain this, eventually you're going to uh, fall into some sort of clip that the Democrats can take out of context and try to uh, say that that was your main argument. And Alan Dershowitz did just that uh, with this this uh, quotation right here. Every public official that I know believes that his election is in the public interest. And mostly you're right. Your election is in the public interest. And if a president does something which he believes will help him get elected in the public interest, that cannot be the kind of quid pro quo that results in impeachment. So the the part he left out of that short quote is that it, if it is also uh, legal and in the national interest. And he came back shortly thereafter and tried to clean it up. When President Lincoln told General Sherman to let the troops go to Indiana so that they can vote for the Republican Party, let's assume the president was running at that point. And it was in his electoral interest to have these soldiers put at risk the lives of many, many other soldiers who would be left without their company. Would that be an unlawful quid pro quo? No, because the president, A, believed it was in the national interest, but B, he believed that his own election was essential to victory in the Civil War. Every president believes that. That's why it's so dangerous to try to psychoanalyze a president, to try to get into the intricacies of the human mind. Everybody has mixed motives. And for there to... And Dershowitz went on to talk about mixed motives. How do you how do you um, you know psychoanalyze somebody and determine what portion of their motives are in the national interest and what portions of their motives are doing their job for the American people and therefore contributing toward their reelection? Well, of course, Adam Schiff does what Adam Schiff does. We need to come up with a verb because this guy's going to go down in history as one of the most dishonest people in. In the history books, he jumped on it with both feet. President Obama, on an open mic, says to Medvedev, Hey, Medvedev, I know you don't want me to send this military money to Ukraine because they're fighting and killing your people. I want you to do me a favor, though. I want you to do an investigation of Mitt Romney. Um, And I want you to announce you found uh, dirt on Mitt Romney. And if you're willing to do that, quid pro quo, I won't give Ukraine the money they need to fight you on the front line. Do any of us have any question that Barack Obama would be impeached for that kind of misconduct? Now, that's the level of dishonest crazy that Adam Schiff brings. First of all, uh, Donald Trump never said, I want you to find or, or I want you to announce dirt on Joe Biden. He said he wanted it investigated. Because there was plenty of probable cause to believe that corruption went on there, but he he never he never announced a quid pro quo. He never said that he wanted uh, the results of that investigation to find any wrongdoing. And and it's and it's kind of odd that Schiff would have taken it there because Obama was in fact caught on a live mic saying that uh, you know we'll put American interests on the back burner. Because I'm in the middle of an election season, and tell uh, tell Vladimir that I'll have more flexibility after my reelection. 
So then Dershowitz comes back and tries to clean up Adam Schiff's dishonest um, uh, characterization. Let's assume that President Obama uh, had been told by his advisors that it really is important to send lethal weapons to the Ukraine. But then he gets a call from his pollster and his political advisor who says, we know it's in the national interest to send lethal weapons to the Ukraine, but we're telling you that the left wing of your party is really going to give you a hard time if you start selling lethal weapons and getting into a lethal war potentially with Russia. Would anybody here suggest that was impeachable? Or let's assume President Obama said, I promised to bomb Syria if they had chemical weapons, but I'm now told by my pollsters that bombing Syria would hurt my electoral chances. Certainly not impeachable at all. As a matter of fact, uh, Barack Obama did those two exact same things. So the same things that the Democrats are arguing is uh, critical to our national defense and our national security, sending lethal weapons to the Ukraine. Barack Obama refused to do because he was making a political calculation. And while Schiff is coming up with these hypotheticals, these wild, complex, convoluted hypotheticals, Durst came right back at him with actual uh, examples from Barack Obama. Now, listen, I, and Dershowitz is taking a lot of heat because he's getting a taste now of what it's like, you know, to be uh, on the president's team with all of this dishonesty, and he's been skewered in. I would guess 99% of the uh, mainstream fake news media. You know, I wouldn't have had Alan Dershowitz on my defense team. I, I, I uh, admit that he is a, uh, an effective uh, legal mind. But, you know, once, once you defend O.J. Simpson and his, uh, his obvious murder and get him off, for that murder, and and you're on uh, Jeffrey Epstein's defense team. I'm done with you. I, I wouldn't. I would have never had that guy representing me. But Schiff is now saying that it would been have been derelict for Obama to ignore information from foreign governments of allegations against Donald Trump. The same guy that he's saying uh, just asking about Joe Biden's prima facie—that's a legal term for on the face of it corruption in the Ukraine is impeachable. But during last night's session, in response to a Republican question, he he argued that Obama would have been derelict if he ignored uh, information from foreign governments, Italy and Australia and, and the United Kingdom, if he had ignored the allegations against Donald Trump that started with this uh, this drunken a conversation by uh, George Papadopoulos. And then he turns right around and say, uh, you know, Trump asking about Biden is impeachable. All of this is is based on uh, Adam Schiff's big lie. And that big lie is that when you ask about Joe Biden, you are soliciting election interference. So if you're running for president of the United States, or I guess any public office, you're not, you're not allowed to be investigated for wrongdoing. 
during the uh, the crazy wind down of the Q&A last night, Schiff actually repeated this lie that he still doesn't know who the whistleblower is. You know, there was a, a point in history, a, a famous event that happened in the House of Representatives where Preston Brooks uh, took a cane and nearly beat a, a representative to death. His name was Sumner. And um, watching Adam Schiff last night, my mind uh, uh, wandered back to uh, Preston Brooks. Schiff's up there claiming that Obama had a duty to investigate Trump, but Trump dare, uh, dare not ask about Joe Biden. At one point uh, during last night's crazy Q&A where uh, the Republican senators, uh, well, actually the Democrat senators as well, realized that they could use their questions to sort of troll the other side. Um, Pamela Harris uh, actually got Judge Roberts to repeat this lie that Donald Trump uh, said that that, uh, Article 2 of the Constitution says that he can do anything he wants to do. And this is one of these lies that the Democrats keep repeating ad nauseum until it becomes a truth in Americans' consciousness. It, it, it is a the big lie, as Gorbels used to say. It's a lie on, on par with the, uh, Trump said that the uh, Nazis and Klansmen in Charlottesville were very fine people. But she sent a question up to Roberts uh, that contained that lie in her question that Donald Trump had said that Article 2 says that he can do anything he wants to, when, of course, anybody that looks into that uh, and takes the quote in context can see that that, uh, his statement was in response to a reporter's question about whether or not he he had the authority to fire, I think it was Jim Comey. It might have been Robert Mueller. But absolutely, he had that authority, and everybody acknowledged he had that authority. But the Democrats were able to pull this clip and claim that that's uh, that's Donald Trump trying to be a dictator, a monarch. And if we don't impeach him immediately, he is going to take us uh, uh, back to the monarchy, I guess. This, uh, This whole session sort of exposed the Democrats' madness last night. You had, uh, you had, um, Hawking Jeffries on the house management team. He's a, uh, uh, a representative. I think he is from Baltimore, uh, the Baltimore area. He was, uh, they were, they were asked, well, you know, why is it okay for the Democrats, uh, to have solicited foreign interference in our elections? And now you're trying to impeach Donald Trump for, for the allegation that he did the same thing. And, and Jeffries went up to the microphone and said, well, it was okay when the Democrat National Committee and uh, Hillary Clinton solicited foreign interference in our election in the form of this dossier that was largely sourced out of the Ukraine and Russian disinformation. And he actually went to the microphone and said, well, that was okay because Hillary Clinton paid for that. She wasn't asking for a quid pro quo because she paid for that foreign interference. 
another uh, example of Democrat trolling was uh, Elizabeth Warren asked a question and got uh, Supreme Court Chief Justice John Roberts to read it, and he was uh, he was not happy about it. You could tell by the look on his face of whether or not not allowing witnesses was going to delegitimize Judge Roberts in the Supreme Court. So it got crazy last night, and I have no doubt that the the senators on both sides have had enough of this uh, this constant stream of insults that are coming out of the House managers, and they they would richly love, like the rest of us, to stop having to sit there and listen to Adam Schiff and Jerry Nadler lie. We got to run out to a break when we come back. We'll wrap up impeachment. We'll get on to the campaign. And then we'll look um, we'll look at some other news right after these messages on Right Now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo Five O Radio Network. When the weather outside is frightful, the Hyundai Santa Fe is what's the word? Delightful. Because it's got available H-Track all-wheel drive to make being out together better. Enter for your chance to win the newly redesigned Santa Fe, packed with all the jingle bells and whistles you need to go dashing through the snow together. To enter, visit Amazon.com slash Hyundai or scan the QR code on specially marked red and green Amazon boxes. No purchase necessary. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Between prepping ingredients, setting the table, and planning your tomorrow, sometimes you need an extra hand with dinner. Delta Faucet is here to help. Just ask your connected home device to fill your pasta pot with Delta Faucet Voice IQ technology and fill it with the perfect amount of water. Done. Visit deltafaucet.com slash voice IQ to see how Voice IQ can fill your dog's bowl, wash your hands, and more. And you're back on Right Now with Jim Dawes and the Mojo Five O Radio Network. Here to convince you that reality is usually scoffed at and illusion is usually king. So hopefully today will be uh, the last day of this impeachment trial and we'll be able to get back to what's going on in the world. And there are a lot of uh, very serious topics we need to deal with. But the, the Democrats' new line is that uh, if we don't impeach Donald Trump, he's going to be a dictator. I heard one talking head, I couldn't find the clip, uh, that was actually claiming that uh, this was going to give Donald Trump the, uh, the go-ahead to engage in genocide. That's the level of freakout that they've got going. I, I was able to find this clip here. This is a guy named Jason Johnson over there on MSNBC. Uh, spouting this uh, Trump will be a dictator or a monarch line. And when people spout nonsense, whether it's Dershowitz or whether it's Fox News, Donald Trump always listens. The scenario that he set up yesterday by basically saying the president do what he wants. Imagine Donald Trump deciding sometime in June, well, I heard this conspiracy theory that a whole lot of illegal immigrants voted in California. So I've decided that during the presidential election, California has to go under, undergo extreme vetting. <laughs> Maybe that wasn't the best example to cite because it's not a conspiracy theory that there's a lot of illegal voting going on in California. As a matter of fact, California's own Secretary of State 
had to admit that thousands, and you can bet if he's admitting thousands, it's tens of thousands and maybe even hundreds of thousands of illegal aliens who were registered to vote when they applied for driver's licenses under their motor voter bill out there and did, in fact, vote in the last presidential election. Now, it wasn't a large enough number that he admitted to, at least, uh, to sway the results out there. But uh, California's voter rolls uh, total more uh, voters than there are actual eligible citizens to vote out there. Um, uh, Judicial Watch has been trying to clean it up, but the the leftists in the California legislature are fighting them tooth and nail. So, yeah, at some point, uh, there's going to have to be a federal effort to force California to clean up their voter rolls. They're, they're already using this, uh, this clause, this flaw, I would say, in the Constitution to swell their congressional districts with illegal aliens, and that has the direct effect of disenfranchising voters and actual citizens in other states. There's probably two, maybe even three, congressional districts in California that would not exist if they weren't able to count illegal aliens toward uh, their representation in the House of Representatives. That was sort of a a tangent I got off on. But, you know, the the Senate is going to put an end to this because there was no case made. There was no crime cited to impeach. There was no high crime misdemeanor. There was no low crime or misdemeanor. There was no violation of the Constitution. They didn't allege one. And one of the uh, dichotomies that they got caught on was that they're 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 claiming that, uh, you know, Donald Trump had to have proven a crime in order to investigate. Joe Biden's corruption, but the Democrats didn't have to prove any crime in order to impeach Donald Trump. You get what they're saying? They're saying, uh, you know, that nobody has ever found any wrongdoing by Joe Biden, so you're not allowed to investigate. But we want you to impeach Donald Trump, despite the fact that we're not even alleging any actual crime or violation of the Constitution. And Joe Biden is out there on the campaign trail in Iowa, and he's just keeping on with this uh, this tired, worn-out lie that is going to fall apart should he ever become the Democrats' nominee. No one under oath or any other way has ever suggested I did anything other than my job as Vice President of the United States and did, did it with, as, as his leading members of his administration under oath said, with complete integrity and honesty. <laughs> leading members of his administration, all Obama holdovers that were uh, possibly, I would argue, quite likely involved in that corruption, at least to the point of turning a blind eye to it. Because every time Joe Biden was uh, approached with this, according to reports, he um, he blew a gasket. They didn't want to challenge Biden on it. But Biden's out there. You know, his stock answer is nobody has ever said anything, despite the fact that, you know, there were numerous reports in the media. 
and now you've got this book by Peter Schweitzer, Profiles in Corruption, that just absolutely exposes not only Hunter Biden's protection racket with his father in the Ukraine, but a whole history of other corruption that he engaged in. And Joe Biden, you know, uh, he continues to, to, uh, to cleave closely to this line as well. They're smearing me to try to stop me, and they know if I'm the nominee, I'm going to beat Donald Trump like a drum. He's going to beat Donald Trump like corn pop. <laughs> Joe Biden, I guess he, he fancies himself a, uh, a tough guy, and he's talking about beating Donald Trump like a drum. I'm telling you, it's not... It's not going to be pretty if the Democrats put Joe Biden on a debate stage with Donald Trump. Pam Bondi, uh, during yesterday's session, just uh, detailed a little taste of what Joe Biden would have in store. Our answer, I'm sorry, Chief Justice, Senators. Um, Senators, you heard our answer regarding that yesterday, but it is very interesting that he said he never spoke to his son about overseas dealings. His son said different things. Joe Biden was the point man for Ukraine, investigating at the time Ukrainians were a corrupt company, Burisma, and Zolchevsky, its owner, an oligarch who by all media accounts we've discussed was extremely corrupt. Hunter Biden has paid $83,000 a month a month to sit on that board with no experience in energy, no experience in the Ukraine, doesn't speak the language, and we clearly know that he had a very fancy job description, and he did none of those things. He attended one or two board meetings, one in Monaco, and then he went on a fishing trip with Joe Biden's family in Norway. The entire time, Joe Biden knows that, Joe Biden knows that this oligarch is corrupt. Everyone knows that. There are news reports everywhere. No one will dispute that. In fact, it raised eyebrows worldwide. But the vice president, by his account, never once asked his son to leave the board. We wouldn't be sitting here if he did. Well, he didn't leave the board because he was being paid to be on that board to provide protection. And this whole uh, notion that uh, Joe Biden's going to just continue to be able to say nobody ever said I did anything wrong is is laughable. Jake Sherman, um, he is a, a left wing writer. He was on, I think it was MSNBC, and he was uh, he was pointing out that uh, Joe Biden is uh, is deluded if he he thinks that this is all just going to go away. I think the big thing is, and I've, a lot of Republicans, Trump-aligned Republicans have said to me, is they believe Joe Biden is underestimating the bite of the Burisma attack from the president and from Republicans. I think, obviously, the White House believes Joe Biden is a strong candidate and could assemble a coalition should he get into past Iowa, New Hampshire, South Carolina, and into the, uh, and he's the nominee. Uh, I think that they believe that Joe Biden doesn't understand that the Burisma attack, that Donald Trump is able to go out there and say this guy's son was making a hundred thousand dollars or whatever it is a month had no experience while joe biden had the portfolio god i've heard that a thousand times that's what uh, gets me so uh, angry they just act like that uh, you know hunter biden was getting this million dollars it was actually nine hundred ninety six thousand dollars a year as if it was uh, actually formulated to be just under a million dollars 
He was getting it to provide protection. And it's just the tip of the iceberg when it comes to Biden corruption. And um, Peter Schweitzer's book is going to be a roadmap that they're going to be able to use not only against Joe Biden, but also against um, uh, uh, Bernie Sanders. And the the Democrat Party, the establishment in Washington, is sort of in complete freakout mode because Bernie Sanders, it looks like, is uh, is going to end up beating Joe Biden in Iowa and probably New Hampshire and will get the biggest pot of delegates there in California. Here's Steve Ducey talking, uh, uh, quoting a, a New York Magazine article that said just that. New York Magazine claiming, quote, Running Bernie Sanders against Trump would be an act of insanity. The magazine calling out his, quote, long history of radical associations. Sanders' campaign for the Socialist Workers' Party and praise communist regimes to nominate Sanders would be insane. Really? Insane. It would be insane. You've got uh, video undercover cli- uh, video clips from Project Veritas showing paid Bernie, Bernie Sanders uh, campaign workers uh, talking about uh, burning American cities, uh, committing mass murder, anybody that opposes Sanders' revolution. And this, after you actually had a Bernie Sanders campaign worker attempt mass murder on GOP congressmen. Here's another clip. This is uh, Tenzel Figaro when asked about uh, the wisdom of running Bernie Sanders. Uh, the bottom line is, if it is insane uh, with him running against Trump, it's just as insane as all the alleged moderates who stole his policies. They had no issue with that. They took his message, they embraced it, and they've allowed him to grow. Uh, this is just bottom line, uh, the establishment in fear now because they've given him a ride, I would say, during the debates. They haven't challenged him on anything. They really haven't vetted him fully. And so now they see that his popularity has grown. Uh, while Biden was playing nice and playing, getting along with everyone and never attacking attacking Senator Sanders on any of his leftist policies. Now they see that Sanders actually has a shot to win Iowa and New Hampshire. And so this is simply just a panic. (laughs) It is a panic and it is a justified panic. I'm going to cover one more topic and then we'll get off of this whole impeachment frenzy. And that is that uh, Judge John Roberts uh, got a question from Rand Paul yesterday. The question did not contain the word whistleblower. But it did mention Eric Chiarmella, not as his role as a whistleblower, but it mentioned his name and whether or not there was a conspiracy conducted between Chiarmella and one of Schiff's staffers to kick off this whole impeachment effort. And then John Roberts refused to read the question. Mr. Chief Justice. Senator from Kentucky. I have a question to present to the desk for the uh, House Manager Schiff and for the President's Counsel. Thank you. The uh, presiding officer declines to read the question as submitted. Oh, why not? If if uh, you're not allowed to talk about the whistleblower and nobody knows the name of the whistleblower, then just because the question mentions Eric Chiarmella, why is that question disallowed? It's sort of like some sort of Stalinist a uh, Pravda version of justice where you push things down the memory hole. It's like Eric Chiarmella's name. It's Voldemort. You're not allowed. He, he, he whose name must not be said. 
Rand Paul, after the session, went to the microphones and read the actual question that Roberts refused to read. I will read you the question so it can be made part of the public record. Manager Schiff and counsel for the president, are you aware that House Intelligence Committee staffer Sean Misto has a close relationship with Eric Chiaramella when at the National Security Council together? Are you aware, and how do you respond to reports that Chiaramella and Misco may have worked together to plot the impeach to plot impeaching the president before there were formal House impeachment proceedings? I think this is an important question, one that deserves to be asked. Before there were House impeachment proceedings and also before the phone call that's the subject of this latest impeachment. So John Roberts has allowed the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court to be sucked into this notion that you're not allowed to mention this guy's name, but you're allowed to impeach the President of the United States on a conspiracy that he began. Okay, that's enough. That's enough uh, impeachment. Send me your uh, name and email address uh, at my my email at right now Jim Dawes D A W S at gmail dot com or hit me up on Twitter with your name and email address and you'll be eligible for this drawing of a small batch gourmet bag of America Pride Roasters coffee. Ah, well, as if to drive all this home, Donald Trump had a, a rally in Des Moines, Iowa last night, went right into the heart of the Democrats' primary, and once again, filled up a huge arena with overflow crowd outside. He probably had a bigger crowd uh, last night than all of the Democrats combined have been able to draw in Iowa. And according to Poland, he is beating all of the Democrat candidates in Iowa. <laughs> I'm not going to play clips from the rally. It was a it was a good one. The bigger the crowd, the the more animated and entertaining Trump is. But I, while I was watching uh, parts of it, I, I was thinking to myself: If you think the Democrats are unhinged now, if you think they were have been driven to madness. Just imagine how it's going to be on December 4th of this year. It's going to be hilarious is what it's going to be. But then I worry that it's going to get serious. I think these people are going to be driven to violence. And I think uh, uh, Bernie's campaign workers that are promising to burn American cities uh, is a real risk. So uh, Acosta, Jim Acosta over there at CNN, he sent out a tweet yesterday and showed a picture of a a section of a border wall uh, that had fallen over and uh, pointed out that this uh, this wall in California had fallen over during high winds and landed on the Mexican side. What he didn't tell you is that was an old section of border wall that uh, that Donald Trump is busy replacing because these these uh, uh, old sections are not effective and uh, and they're uh, they're long past uh, needing replacing. So you know you might have wanted to point out this is the the, the very sections of wall that the uh, the president is telling you is no longer effective and needs replacing. But no, he uh, he wants to tell you that lie. 
Well, I've got a long clip coming up here. It's uh, it's a little over four minutes, and this is Nigel Farage, who has been a tireless campaigner for, oh, I guess the last 10 years, trying to get the United Kingdom with, to withdraw from the European Union that they never really voted uh, to join to begin with. And he has finally won the day by engineering the election of Boris Johnson over there, who uh, this, uh, I guess it's today, they're going to hold the vote to actually withdraw from the European Union, and they have the vote. So Nigel Farage actually sits in the European Union and has used that, uh, that position for the last five years or so to skewer them. And uh, he was giving his, uh, his farewell address to the European Union, and it was glorious. Thank you, Mr. Farage, for four minutes. Thank you very much. (laughs) So this is it, the final chapter, the end of the road. A 47-year political experiment that the British, frankly, have never been very happy with. My mother and father signed up to a common market, not to a political union, not to flags, anthems, presidents, and now you even want your own army. For me, it's been 27 years of campaigning and over 20 years here in this parliament. I'm not particularly happy with the agreement we're being asked to vote on tonight, but Boris has been remarkably bold in the last few months, and Ms. von der Leyen, he's made it clear, he's promised us there'll be no level playing field. And on that basis, I wish him every success in the next round of negotiations. I really do. But the most significant point is this. What happens at 11pm this Friday, the 31st of January, 2020, marks the point of no return. Once we've left, we are never coming back and the rest, frankly, is detail. We're going, we will be gone. And that should be the summit of my own political ambitions. I walked in here, as I've said before, you all thought it was terribly funny. Uh, You stopped laughing in 2016. (laughs) But my view has changed of Europe since since I joined. In 2005, I saw the constitution that had been drafted by Giscard and others. I saw it rejected by the French in a referendum. I saw it rejected by the Dutch in a referendum. And I saw you in these institutions ignore them, bring it back as a Lisbon Treaty and boast you could ram it through without there being referendums. Well, the Irish did have a vote and did say no and were forced to vote again. You're very good at making people vote again. But what we've proved is the British are too big to bully, thank goodness. So I became, I became an outright opponent of the entire European project. I want Brexit to start a debate across the rest of Europe. What do we want from Europe? If we want trade, friendship, cooperation, reciprocity, we don't need a European Commission. We don't need a European Court. We don't need these institutions and all of this power. And I can promise you, both in UKIP and indeed in the Brexit Party, we love Europe. We just hate the European Union. It's as simple as that. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping this begins the end 
of this project. It's a bad project. It isn't just undemocratic, it's anti-democratic, and it puts in that front row. It gives people power without accountability. People who cannot be held to account by the electorate, and that is an unacceptable structure. Indeed, there's an historic battle going on now across the West, in Europe, America, and elsewhere. It is globalism against populism. And you may loathe populism, but I tell you a funny thing, it's becoming very popular. (laughs) And it has great benefits. No more financial contributions. No more European Court of Justice. No more common fisheries policy. No more being talked down to. No more being bullied. No more Guy Verhofstadt. I mean... I mean, what's not to like? I know you're going to miss us. I know you want to ban our national flags, but we're going to wave you goodbye. And we'll look forward in the future to working with you as sovereign. If you disobey the rules, you get cut off. Could we please remove the flags? Mr. Farage. Can we remove the flags, please? That's it. It's all over. Finish. It's gone. Could I please ask for quiet? I'm really... Please sit down, resume your seats, put your flags away, you're leaving, and take them with you if you are leaving now. Put your flags away and take them with you. When Farage uh, ended his clip and they uh, they all gave him three cheers, they were all waving small British flags, and that just triggered the uh, presiding officer at the European Union, who, who apparently has some sort of rule that they're not allowed to display their flags in, in the uh, chambers there in Brussels. Could you imagine if you had a rule in the U.S. Congress that the state uh, – uh, representatives and senators were not allowed to uh, display their flags. I mean, that really tells you all the European Union was about. It was about uh, suppressing people's national identity. And that was just a glorious exit of, uh, of Nigel Farage and the, uh, the British delegation to the European Union and really displayed the contempt with which the European Union holds national identities. I just wish, listening to, national fraud, uh, to Nigel Farage, that we had someone as articulate and uh, just a fabulous orator to, to uh, speak for the America First movement over here. It would be uh, unstoppable. So congratulations to the United Kingdom. Actually, Farage has been fighting the European Union for over 20 years, he pointed out. And congratulations to Nigel Farage, UKIP, and the Brexit Party. So I want to, you know, I've, I've, uh, I've held my tongue with regard to Kobe Bryant, and I, I've done so not out of respect for Kobe Bryant, because I have none, but out of respect for his family and for the other lives lost that were on that, uh, that ill-fated helicopter flight. Especially sorry uh, for the children that were on board that lost their lives, including Kobe Bryant's own daughter. But I am not in mourning for Kobe Bryant. 
I am convinced that Kobe Bryant is a uh, unrepentant rapist that was able to buy his way out of justice. If you go to uh, Google and you search, or go to DuckDuckGo, I should say, and search Kobe Bryant and uh, the Daily Beast, you will read exactly uh, what happened there in that Colorado hotel room. And I defy you to read that article, which uh, contains the victim's account of what happened that was taken on the night of the incident and then read uh, the detective's interview of Kobe Bryant the next morning and not arrive at the conclusion that, yes, in fact, Kobe Bryant committed rape. He got away with it because he uh, he hired a high-powered legal team, including private investigators, to go after this young girl, and apparently she had been promiscuous. And they uh, let her know that they were going to put her whole life on trial. But I don't care how promiscuous uh, somebody is, you are not allowed to rape them in the manner that uh, Kobe Bryant, I believe, did. And and I know that in our legal system, you are innocent until proven guilty. But that is in the eyes of the court and the eyes of the justice system. I don't have to pretend to, uh, I don't have to ignore reality. And it just sort of sickens me uh, that, that Kobe Bryant is being celebrated as, uh, you know, a godly man and, and a family man. When the truth of the matter is that was all a public relations campaign that Kobe Bryant paid for. And it's sickening to to see his life being celebrated when it's pretty clear that he he got away with this. They're actually uh, suspending and firing people who speak out and tell the truth about Kobe Bryant. They had a Washington Post reporter that that tweeted uh, this Daily Beast article. She was immediately suspended. There was a young lady uh, on one of the sports networks that made mention of it. She was fired outright. So, no, I'm not going to be celebrating Kobe Bryant or O.J. Simpson or any of these other peoples that got away with it. But I will uh, send my condolences for the loss of the other seven members of uh, that helicopter flight. Well, that takes us to the end of another week of Right Now with Jim Dawes. I want to thank you for joining us and invite you back here again uh, on Monday. We're going to talk about the Super Bowl right here on the Mojo 5.0 Radio Network. We'll talk to you then. As you make plans this season, consider convenient COVID-19 testing from Quest. Get the same test hospitals use without a doctor visit. Simply order online, select from drive through or at-home options, and get the results sent securely to your phone or computer. It's a great fit for your busy life. With over 20 million COVID-19 tests processed, you can count on Quest. So order your test today at questcovid19.com. That's questcovid19.com. Whether you have your own bathroom or you share one with your family, a little extra help keeping the bathroom sink, counter, and mirror clean goes a long way. And Viva paper towels are for the long haul. They're two times more durable when wet compared to the leading value brand. And they clean like cloth, helping you keep the surfaces in your bathroom dry and fingerprint and toothpaste free. 
For an exceptional bathroom clean, there's Viva Paper Towels. Visit vivatowels.com to learn more.